TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joe Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. And the big dog, Joel Radwanski, not with us today, but instead, J.B. Jordan Burnfield joining us on Two Guys in a Mind Talk Zone.com. Thank you so much for checking in. Beautiful, beautiful midweek Wednesday, hump day, if you will. J.B., David Olson, our producer, you can't see him on the webcast, and what a shame, because quite frankly, of the three of us, really the only guy that should be on camera is the well-coiffed. The oft-showered David Olson, our fine producer. I don't know if that's a compliment to him more than it is just saying that he's better looking than two jamokes like us. Can I say yes to both those? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely you can. Thank you very much. 888-463-6748. Phone lines will be open next hour. That's what we do here from 10 to 11 Central Time each and every weekday here on the TalkZone.com. I don't know what happens from 10 to 11 on weekends, Jordan. I uh, haven't checked it out, but the only thing I know is we're not on yeah. on Saturdays and Sundays. I think it's that people are sitting around their computers really clamoring for us to mm-hmm. be there. There might be like an outdoor hunting and fishing show. There, there Just could guessing. be. There could be. And maybe they actually have microphones out in the wild while mm-hmm. people are actually hunting. You know, you you, you know hear what? the footsteps. You watch some of those, that Outdoor Life channel and some of the amazing pictures they get? You know, take a break from the football and basketball action. Culturalize yourself a little bit. Uh, pretty cool stuff. I'll, I'll pretty stick cool with the stuff. football and the basketball. Uh, oh, come on. Not, Do you mean, even know what I'm talking about? Have you even watched it? Or the you, Outdoor Life channel? When they, be it Outdoor Life or any of those other channels, when they somehow get the cameras up close and personal yeah, with in the, a like, beautiful wildlife setting, you get to see two antelopes mating. It's a wonderful thing. Yeah. Uh, I'll I'll choose the college basketball. Or like a, watching know, two elephants go at it. How about a cougar, you know, just ripping apart its prey? That doesn't do it for you? Not really, no. Okay. Can't, you know, just... All right. If I want to go on a safari, <laughs> I'll go on a safari. I don't, I don't need to see it on Animal Planet. How about if you ever woken up earlier, young guy, you're probably still sleeping, and you get to my age, JB, you start waking up 5.30, 6 in the morning. If you turn on Sports Talk Radio, I don't know here in Chicago, I do know, but I don't know in other cities, if it's like this, I'm going to take a gander and say maybe it is. But it's a slow programming time. And typically, if you turn on sports talk like at 5 or 6 in the morning, you will get your hunting and or fishing show at that time in the morning. And it's um, humorous, if nothing else, to listen to. Well, I know that on Saturday mornings, I've never, I rarely have ever seen 5 o'clock in the morning or 6 o'clock, but I know that there is a show yes. on one of the sports stations in town that is devoted to like outdoors or wildlife or hunting or something. Mm-hmm. And it's like the, the running punchline at this particular station about the show. But, I, see, to me, that's dangerous programming. <laughs> and here's why it's dangerous. Because if I'm driving at 5 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday morning, mm-hmm. chances are I'm either hungover, extremely tired, or getting done within a really long shift of work. Okay? That's usually the three reasons why any human is awake at 5.30 in the morning on a Saturday. Or so if, if you're... I'm, you, know, in a, you, you could be going out fishing. I guess. But my point is is that if I'm in that extremely tired state, I can't be having a hunting show that's going to put me back to sleep and kill me. Okay, that's them saying, listen, we're, pl- we're going to roll the dice. 
with your life because we're going to not only know that you're tired, but put something on that may bore you so much mm-hmm. that you'll fall asleep and It's die. a good point. That's an outstanding point. I never thought of it from that aspect, but it could be dangerous to your health. It is. Yeah. I think it is. I called up the a show one time. I was driving to when we had to go up to Wisconsin for a basketball tournament. So I'm listening to the fishing show like 6 o'clock in the morning just for the heck of it. You are like the huh? only guy. I'll bet that when they took your call, they left you on for five minutes to appear like there actually were callers on this show. <laughs> you actually nailed it right in the head. Yeah. yeah. We were headed up to Lake Geneva. I asked the guy, yeah, any hot fishing spots up in Lake Geneva? You know, I pretended to know what I was talking about. I think he saw through me and hung up on me in 30 seconds. But I, you know, at least I can say before I passed away, I've been a caller on one of those outstanding shows. You, good for you. Thank you very you, much. You were one of the few, the proud, the callers of the fishing shows. Yeah, we used to do on our old morning break show. We used to do a uh, outdoor hunting and fishing segment with tongue firmly, firmly implanted in cheek with my uh, normal partner, the big dog Joe Redwanski. I know you used to hear that on occasion. Yes, and yeah. that, that was always amusing to hear you guys talk yeah. about hunting and fishing. It took me a year and a half to figure out that uh, it's not crappy; it's crappy, right? Yeah, I, There's a fish called because we would we would read the reports from the newspaper. Yeah, and I would read the stuff and and half the things that I was I didn't have no idea what I was talking about. Right. Yeah, I don't know anything about it either. But that's yeah. what was funny about the segment yes. is that neither of you had <laughs> any idea what you were talking about, and so it made for interesting radio. <laughs> All right, 888-463-6748. If you don't know what you're talking about, or you want to. Get us back we on track. We never know what we're talking about. No, of course not. That's our phone number here on the uh, Two Guys at a Mike Show, TalkZone.com. You can also email us at Mike2Guys at AOL.com. M-I-C, number two, Mike2GuysAOL.com. JB, lots to talk about here. I want to get to the State of the Union coming up today and transfer Barack Obama's speech and the debut of the tablet into a State of the Union of sports and maybe look ahead a little bit. So I want to get to that, kind of our theme of today's show. But first of all, just to... News and notes from yesterday, I guess, first of all, in college hoops, yet another number one team. We had Texas last week, and uh, Kentucky takes over the number one spot, and yesterday they uh, lost that spot. And speaking of President Barack Obama, he made a call to John Calipari and the Kentucky Wildcats congratulating them on being the number one team, only to see (laughs) them go down hours later. I'd say next time you call the number one team, hang up, even if it's the president. However, what I will say is this. Sorry, uh, the coach cannot take your call, Mr. Obama. They're running a three-man weave drill. He asked (laughs) if he could call back in about two weeks. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those things where Kentucky, and and I think – you know, I've talked about this a lot with, with friends of mine, and, and we've been trying to think of who the best team in college basketball is. And even though it came back to Kentucky, as good as they are, they're very young, they're a little bit inexperienced, and they have had some games recently where they have not played particularly well but have found themselves winning the game at the end. Yep. You know, they've let teams that weren't up to their standard hang around a little bit lately, and so you kind of felt like that first loss might be coming. Last night, they shot very poorly. So did South Carolina, but South Carolina had that great game from Devin Downey at 30 points. To me, it was it has nothing to do with the fact that Kentucky may or may not be great. I still think that they are a great team. I mean, they had three, three high school All-Americans on that team, but it's still, they're young, and when they get into a situation like last night where they're not shooting particularly well, they're not playing particularly well, mm-hmm. that's where you kind of worry about them because you feel like they might be one of those teams that could flame out way before they should. Mm-hmm. You think they're really a great team? I, you know, I mean, when you made the comment that they've had a lot of close games, they've played down to their opponent, I was thinking, you know what? I mean, they're good, but they're not that 
much better than the other teams. I think that's just the normal course of well, action. I'm amazed that they were 18 and 0 coming into yesterday. Yeah, well, let game. me let me clarify. I think that there probably there isn't a great team in college basketball okay. this year, but I think that the closest thing to to okay. a, a great team, so to speak, is Kentucky. I think that when you look at the top five in college basketball, you know Kentucky isn't a juggernaut like North Carolina no. was last year, where you kind of felt like North Carolina was going all the way, right. even in in October. You know, I. Team like Villanova, are you scared of Villanova? I don't. I don't think you are. I mean, Kansas does have experience going for them. I mean, Sharon Collins is a senior. Cole Aldrich is a junior. A lot mm-hmm. of times, teams that have that type of experience can get to the Final Four and can win. But they still don't scare me. Texas and and Syracuse. I mean, my beloved Syracuse Orange. I love them. I hope they go all the way. But I just, you know. They don't. They don't strike me as this team that is just so powerful that they're that they can beat everybody in the country. So Could to make me, for a pretty fun uh, tournament. Oh, because I, you're exactly right. A lot right. of real good teams thus far. It's wide open. Yeah. I mean, it's more wide open this year than probably even the year that George Mason went to the Final Four and all those upsets happened because there were juggernaut teams that went down in the in March Madness. But I think this year it's totally wide open. Whoever is a one seed, I don't think it guarantees them anything other than, quote-unquote, an easier road to the Final Four. But it's, you know, Kentucky still, even with the loss, is so immensely talented that you still have to like them as a potential team to go deep. Mm-hmm. At the same time, like I said, it wouldn't shock me if they got knocked out in the second round because they're young yeah. and because they don't have the experience. Yeah, they're going to get uh, – well, they might get older next year because a couple of their young players might – Take their youth to the NBA. Well, I mean, John Wall is Gone. the guaranteed yeah. number one pick in the draft. Yeah. So not, he's not first round, but you're no, saying the number, number one, one number pick. One. I mean, it just listen. I'm not, you know, when I, when it comes to evaluating college players for the pros, it's easier to do in the NBA than it is the NFL because there's so many variables in the NFL. <laughs> so like, when this is all this Tim Tebow talk, it's hard to really quantify what he'd be except for to take the take the word the expert. When it comes to basketball, I mean, you can see John Wall is, is a man amongst boys out there. He's 18 years old, and he's dominating in so many different ways on the floor. I would think he has to be the number one pick mm-hmm. in the draft. The he's scary not, thing he's is... He's top five and mean he's going. He's a man amongst boys. The scary thing is he's still a boy. He's still a boy. Yeah. Age-wise. <laughs> yeah. Right, he's 18. <laughs> it's almost scary to think what this kid's going to be like at the age of 22, 23, when he fills out and his game takes that next level. I mean, it's just uh, you know, out of the stratosphere, the guy's got a chance to be one of the great ones, but uh, what an upset. And again, not a major upset, but what a big win for South Carolina. We talk about it a lot, JB, and maybe it sounds a little corny and stuff, but boy, if you're a sports fan, you watch the end of that game, you see the celebration, the excitement, the joy that that game brought to the South Carolina Gamecock fans, the fans storming the, the floor and just watching the players mingle in with the fans, you know, all that is good about college sports right there in those final couple of minutes, South Carolina, Kentucky. Yeah, and, and I think that that's one of the great reasons why we love college athletics because you get that passion. I mean, when the Bulls win a regular season game over the Spurs, the people mm-hmm. aren't rushing the floor because, you know, the, the uh, 8,000 sort of older, white-haired, affluent men are not mm-hmm. going to be running out in the middle of the floor to celebrate a victory. best you're going to get is maybe Joakim Noah looking in the crowd and maybe going over to hug an usher. Right. That, that's about it. That's about all you'd get. Which is not bad, actually. Well, I mean, no, I mean, it's a nice little thing. But my point is is that you just don't get that atmosphere in the pro game that you do in the college game, and that's right. why I love the college game. But, it, you know, it is a great win for them. And, and again, you know, this is kind of the first time Kentucky – 
has kind of been challenged on the road. Not that South Carolina is so good, but when they're now going in a stretch, I think that like five of the next seven games for Kentucky are on the road in the SEC. Mm-hmm. That's tough. I mean, that's tough for anyone. I mean, look at the Big Ten every year. The Big Ten teams always lose on the road. It just it is what it is. The teams are not good in college basketball on the road for the most part, except for the very, very best. So we'll see how good Kentucky is now that they are going to get challenged on the road. Speaking of the Big Ten, second best game in college basketball yesterday that was Michigan and Michigan State. We know what a football rivalry is. It's not bad in basketball either. Michigan, by the way, underrated team struggling right now. Remember the coach's advice here. I don't give it very often. Watch out. Michigan's going to be a team that will... uh be upwardly mobile second half of the season. Don't count them out yet. But the Spartans with a thriller yesterday, 57-56. Basket with 3.5 left. I didn't see the end, apparently. Michigan came back and had a chance with .9 seconds, and the ball fell off the rim. I didn't see it either. I have to be honest with you. I was—I don't even remember what I was doing. You know, and I was thinking of ended. taping that game, too. Oof. You know what and I watched last night? Great one. I, last night, they... Well, the Blackhawks were on, so I did watch that game. But I Here also inter- come the Hawks, the mighty and, flying Hawks. And they crushed this miserable excuse for an Edmonton Oilers team last night that's lost 18 out of 19 games. But I also was watching, they were rerunning the end of season five of Lost last night because next week, Snore, are you crazy? I'm a huge Lost fan. Fan, uh, but I don't have to see a rerun of a rerun. No, no, no. But they were showing what what's uh, cool about this. Let me quickly explain. What's cool about this is that next week, obviously, season six starts, so they want to yes. get you ready for for season six by showing yeah. the end of season five. But I don't know if you've ever seen the rerun episodes. They have at the bottom of the screen a little green bar, and it's like a ticker that explains yeah. things about the show that you may not have picked up on from previously yeah. watching the episodes live. The Lost so show it is, itself, they, when they show it live, Lost. They could use that. They need the ticker. I, I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you because it is yeah. very confusing. Yeah. But I will say that having watched it back last okay. night, a lot of things that I thought I knew or I didn't know or mm-hmm. I needed clarification on were answered because they kept showing you these, these sort of running cliff notes through the episodes. And now that season six is beginning next week, I feel far more prepared to watch the show because of the little clip notes. I was kind of going back and forth between that and, and the Blackhawks massacre of, of Edmonton mm-hmm. last night. It's not, not a bad combo. Yeah. And I think it was a good, I was very well, entertained. I was trying to get some work done too, mm-hmm. which is kind of a problem because when you're watching two things at once and trying to do work, it's mm-hmm. a very difficult situation, but I, I tried to manage. Master of, uh, or, uh, uh, what's the expression? Master of none. Trying to do many things, master of none. That's not the exact Not, not exactly, but I know where you're going. But that yeah. sounds like what you're going uh, last night. But uh, all right, uh, well, we'll see. 888-463-6748, the phone number. Uh, and, again, you can email us at mike2guys at aol.com. When we come back from our first break, I do want to get into our State of the Union address, sports guys talk politics, and then correlate it. Correlated a little bit to sports, and also I think we are going to get uh, ample having their big press conference today, supposedly, to debut the tablet, correct? And that's not to be confused with the iToilet, which was an invention of Curb Your Enthusiasm. I don't know if you saw that. In the last Curb season, in the Seinfeld reunion, one of the bits was that George came up with an app for an iToilet on the (laughs) iPhone, which was going to take you to the nearest acceptable toilet in public usage. But I, I guess that because David Olson, I'm not sure if you're aware, but today is the hundredth anniversary, I believe, of the death of Thomas Crapper. 
I was not aware of that. Who, correct me if I'm wrong, was the actual inventor of the toilet. He was. That's why you say you take a crap after Thomas Crapper. 100th anniversary. Moment of silence, if we could, for the memory of Thomas Crapper. Thank you. All I can say, though, is that how crazy awesome would it be if your last name was Crapper? TalkZone.com. There's got to be some Crapper grandkids around. We'll find out if we can get a hold of them. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john cone not sure how it happened but our first segment which started off with a scintillating college basketball discussion literally ended in the crapper i'm not sure how we made that transition uh, jb but let's hope here in segment number two that we don't Fall on that downward spiral. I'm going to count on you to make sure that doesn't happen. I'm not sure you can count on me, Coach, because I <laughs> would actually say that most of the segments that we do together end up in the crapper. So I think it was no different than any other segment we just happened to mention that we were going in the crapper. So in other words, I don't have to take the full blame. Oh, no. I, I would take yeah. just as much blame as you. It's okay. definitely 50-50 in terms of the crap scale. Wasn't there a Frenchman who I thought invented the uh, toilet with something like something laid de toile? I mean, it could have been crapier. I don't mm-hmm. know. I uh, mean, I... We'll I do some... The, the toilette, I, I, I don't know, but all I can say is that, you know, I would really love to meet one of the crappers. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I just don't think it would ever get old. I mean, well, I understand that they've heard their entire lives the jokes about how their father invented the toilet and yeah. or their grandfather or their great grandfather. He died 100 years ago, so he's got to have, what, like great, great grandkids? Great grandkids, whatever. Yeah. And, and I'm sure that their entire lives they've just been made fun of for being the mm-hmm. crappers, but I really don't think that joke would ever get old. If how I many, knew one of them, I'd make fun of them probably every day for well, it. Well, but it could, if you're a crapper, it could get old. I wonder how many of the crapper family have actually legally changed their name. i got to believe at least a couple. And then here's another thing we could throw out to our listeners. In honor of the 100th anniversary of the passing away of the man who gave us the flush toilet, Thomas Crapper, if your last name was Crapper and you weren't going to change it, what would you name your kids? Oh, man. We could throw that out to the listeners, our daily quandary for the day. Smelly Crapper? Smelly Crapper? No, come on. 463-6748. Four six three sixty seven forty eight. How's that for a daily quantity? Yeah, I think I gave a good suggestion there. Huh? Smelly, smelly. No. Could it be, you know? Okay. No, you got to come up with like a normal first name. A normal first name. Yeah, like you know, Phil Crapper. It's not bad. Uh, yeah. Yeah. If it's a female, it gets a little harder. I mean, Harry Crapper doesn't really no, totally no, work no, there. No, no, you don't want to go that route at all. Yeah. 
Alright. Uh, if you want to email us, by the way, I you think a do female, this. any female named Crapper is automatically screwed. Because mm-hmm. no one wants to marry some girl named Crapper. Well, Wendy Crapper has a certain ring to it. You <laughs> might not want to marry, but if there was a girl named, you'd have to at least go on a date. So at least one time in your life, you, you can, can make say a joke. You, you've dated a Crapper. You, yeah. Yeah. The date went right down the Crapper. Yeah. Well, now, one of the things we're going to do in this segment is we're going to look ahead to the future a little bit of sports viewing and sports in honor of the State of the Union today. Speaking of the crapper. But while we're at it, uh, let's just, you know, a quick little sidelight while the crapper has entered our discussion here. What do you think, uh, you know, 25 years, 50 years, 100 years down the road, let's look ahead a little bit. What will be some of the new things involved in the toilet industry? How will... Our kids go to the bathroom. How are our kids' kids go to the bathroom down the road? There's got to, you know, there's going to be new technology. Probably at coming some around. point there'll be a diet where you just don't even have to go to the bathroom. That it's just like expelled, you know. That I think so. May, that you'll just be able to just like not even go. Like somehow it will just evaporate from you. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So a gaseous evaporation. Something like that. Easy in, easy out. I, I mean, that sounds like the name of a company that you could start right now, uh-huh. Coach. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just feel like at some now, point it'll just be, it'll be the, you know, it, it could almost be eliminated. Pardon the pun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, what country is it? I want to say uh, France. Uh, again, listeners, help us out. Me and JB really don't know what we're talking about, so we need you to help us uh, get the facts straight. 888-463-6748. But it, I guess it's in Europe where they have the spritzer. Or the bidet. The bidet? Yeah, isn't that what you call that thing? I thought I ordered a bidet at uh, one of the... I thought that was like a French roll. Well, I mean, that's unfortunate if you ordered a bidet. Or isn't that New Orleans where you get the, the sugar on top in the morning? You get a nice hot cup of coffee and a bidet? Uh, or maybe that's a beignet. Yeah, I think that's a beignet. Ah, I think that's Don't make a that mistake. Yeah, well, you wouldn't want to order yeah. a bidet because but, it'd be hard for them to bring it out to your table. <laughs> <laughs> or worse yet, use it at the table. Yeah. But the bidet basically is the uh, the underling spritzer. Yes, I, I would not. I am not a fan of those things. Not a fan. I just think it's very uncomfortable. Are I don't want to get sprayed. Are you saying I mean, this it's in dirty theory, water? Or have you experienced the bidet? I've not experienced. What? I've seen. Well, no, no, no. I've I've been in a bathroom that had one, ah. and I could have chosen to use it. Okay. But I turned down the usage of it because to me. I'd rather not have somebody spraying water near that area. I would I just, just tell a young Jordan Burnfield as an aged veteran here, don't knock it till you've tried it. You All think right, it's good? Stop before I throw up. <laughs> you think it's good? Yeah. But even beyond the bidet's old school now, that's been there, done that. I want to look ahead to future technology in the toilet industry. You know there's new things coming. I, you know, I have to side with David Olson on this uh-huh. one and say that, I, I mean, this – just this discussion is making well, me kind of want to hurt. It's kind of fascinating to think it, about. It is because, interesting. You know, yeah. All right. Well, we'll put that in the, in the back burner a little I bit, mean, but I'm going to come uh, back to that because I'm fascinated. Listen, I'm not saying that I won't go in the gutter because uh-huh. I'm there. I'm in. Well, it's not a matter of the I'm gutter. Swimming. It's a matter of normal lifestyle. Technology is moving ahead. Things are going to change in that particular area. It's, it's interesting to think what might the changes be. That, there, there will definitely be. I, I would wonder if there will be like more customizable toilets, like you can get, like a like a Cubs toilet put in your house, or like a, mm-hmm. you know, like a race car shaped toilet, okay. 
or, a little more you know, style than the yeah, normal that, porcelain. Like you're, that, uh-huh. that, that instead of like the standard porcelain shape, uh-huh. that you might be inclined to get something that's more customizable to the mm-hmm. you know motif of whatever your house is going for. I've heard. The I don't decor. know for a fact, but don't they have like toilets where if you flush, you can have like certain sound effects? Green Bay Packer fight song. Northwestern University fight song. I yeah, see, what my my question though is, if you are sick to your stomach and you had to ha- you had to have a few courtesy flushes, would you want a fight song to be coming out multiple times? You know, you could you'd have a playlist. It'd be like iTunes. <laughs> you have an this iTunes would be called playlist. iToilet. iToilet. Well, so the when you toilet, go, you've yeah. got you know, you're not stuck on one song. You can pick the song that fits the mood. We really are in a slow sports day. Aren't we? I mean, good God. This is as slow a day as it gets. No, it's not. But we're thinking of toilet music to play. It's bad. It's the the eye toilet. I mean, if there was a way to make like a quiet toilet where you didn't have to hear the water flushing and everything go go down, Uh and instead you could hear like, uh, you know, boom, boom, pow by the black eyed peas and the things all swishing down in there. Now you're starting to get creative. I mean that that's a reasonable idea I would say. Although although what let me just say, say this: boom, boom, pow by the Black Eyed Peas. It's it's being played in every arena that, in, hey, in America right playing now. Playing that song doesn't cure constipation. Nothing will. Yeah, I mean that'll get the old colon working. Uh, well, you know what the thing is though: if you were if you had a song that was constantly being played in the toilet, would that devalue the music? Yes. In terms of a, you know, like the musician or the industry yeah. standpoint. Oh well, you know, did you know? Uh, Will I am from the Black Eyed Peas that your song is the number one most played song while people are taking a crap across America. I'm not sure that they would want that dubious distinction. Oh goodness! Speaking of which, the Blackhawks played an Edmonton Oilers team that resembled a crap last let's, night. Let's just hope there's not ratings for that. All right, now yeah. we did mention real quick before we get a break number two, State of the Union tonight. Yes, Barack Obama. The guy's taking a lot of flack. Well, I'm very I very popular president one year ago, and now because he's tried to. I don't know if kowtow was the right word, but he's tried to, you know, hit the middle road, not be too uh, wildly liberal when he came in. A lot of conservatives were afraid a little bit. They're still upset with some of his policies, but he's clearly headed to the middle. And right now, uh, JB, it seems like the overall sentiment is, instead of everybody liking him, now he's got pretty much everybody disliking him, except the dislike is mild. But uh, we do have the one-year State of the Union tonight. Well, it is very interesting because, to me, he went in with, I mean, more fanfare and more hype than probably any president ever. Anybody right? since ever. John Calipari took over the Memphis job. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just it's uh, or the Kentucky job, but I mean, it's it's Memphis. to me, it's it's so um, interesting because you know Obama went in kind of on the ticket that Bush stinks, you know, the old regime stinks. I'm going to turn it around. I'm going to change it. I'm the new wave of change. I'm everything that's that's good and. Representing Which, all that's good. And I'm not saying that he may not be good or that what he said was, you know, not. And I think the country was ready for him yes. in, in many ways. But I think that the expectation level because of all that was so high mm-hmm. that it's now to the point, well, we're a year through and it's like, well, you're supposed to be this great president. What have you done? And and I'm not going to go out and blame Obama yet for the first year not going as as wonderfully and as beautifully as kind of we all had the unrealistic expectation for. But as somebody like many people who are struggling to get by in this economy, you know, I'm waiting to see some results. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's go here. Let's, oh, he let's, has had results in the economy. I mean, there have been, but not significant yet. I mean, it's it's the the results have been baby steps. I mean, there are still 
many people who are losing jobs without jobs, companies that are extremely, you know, in debt and in struggling and, and many friends of mine are, are suffering through the same sorts of things where, you know, full-time work or even part-time work is hard to come by and hard to get and people losing their houses and everything. So even though there have been a couple of steps made, not enough. And, and to me, you know, there's, there's that, there's the war. I mean, I have a friend coach, who who fought in in Afghanistan and in Iraq and I was talking to him about it and it was very interesting because he was saying that what we're doing over there and this was just his perspective as somebody who's in the army that what we're doing over there is fruitless that it's a country that doesn't want to be governed they don't want to be policed all that our soldiers are doing over there is trying to police a country that just doesn't want the help and doesn't want to, to, to get better and doesn't want to improve itself and wants to continue to blow people up and fight. Mm-hmm. So it's just a lot of things that are disheartening to hear, and I'm very interested to hear what he's going to say because, mm-hmm. you know, every year when we see the State of the Union address, it gets, it gets analyzed to the, to, the, to the last word. But I'm just interested to see how this man, who is such a great orator and such a great speaker, is able to calm this country down because mm-hmm. there are a lot of people who are angry at him, a lot of people who are angry at their situation, whether it's the war, whether it's the economy, whether it's a bunch of different things. A couple of comments on that. And first, I think I could speak for uh, most people in, in, in saying that the best thing Barack Obama could do, the very first thing he should say is, hey, while I'm talking my speech, please don't stand up and clap every eight seconds. Oh, I hate that. That's the worst right? part of the State yes. of the Union so address. So if, if he would right off the bat, if I was Rahm Emanuel on his staff, that'd be the first thing I'd tell him. Okay, just you know, it, with a smile, with a sense of humor, people would pick up on that right away because that's oh, the see, most I don't know canned, if they would. most sterile. Oh, sure they would. I don't know. I think well, people you, you would be offended. Would. I think people would be offended though. I'm not saying that everybody. If he would did be. it with a little tongue-in-cheek sense of humor, I still think people would be a little offended. Who? I think there are enough stuck-up, uptight well, people you know what? around people this government, can... the tradition, and all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying that the joke wouldn't be kind of funny, and I, we all wish that this would stop. But I don't think that would be a very popular yeah, move. I would disagree with you, and uh, those people that uh, would be offended by it, I could only recommend they use a little bit less starch in the underwear. Well, that that may be true. All right. I'm just telling you that I think that it would be an unpopular move. Now, comment number two, we talk in sports strategy all the time, X's and O's and game planning, and you, you make decisions, sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. I would be interested in your opinion, JB, as we do a little sports guys talk politics. Here are the two guys at a mic show, talkzone.com. Barack Obama, the uh, head coach, the game planner, they made a decision with his staff to go with this approach the first year, to not wildly push in some of his more liberal agenda, which some of it he probably strongly believes in, but to be a little bit more, come in a little bit more um, easygoing, if you will, a little bit more conservative, a little bit more... Um, more bipartisan, yes. if you will. Yeah. Yes. So they went in with that game plan, and you know, interesting game. But there was two ways of looking at it, almost like a football, you know, a conservative game plan. Manage the game. Let's not turn the ball over, right? Let's not make the big mistake. We're strong enough. We They've can, got you know, kind get of the, the Brad Childress mindset right now. Yeah. Or do you think, uh, you know, one year the response hasn't been that great? Should he? Have? Hey, there was a mandate. There was a mandate on that vote. The liberal agenda was right there. There's a lot of things that some of the liberals, myself, would say are wrong in policy right now that needed to be changed. That's why we elected Barack Obama. He should have come in a lot stronger, within reason, of course, but a lot stronger and pushed across that agenda. You know, if 
again, putting it in sports terms, throw the deep ball, throw long. If you get a couple intercepted, so what? Go for it. Strategy-wise, right game plan wrong or too early to tell? Well, I think it's more too early to tell, but I would say that I would never lean on the side of conservative. Uh, I don't mean conservative politics, but game I mean plan. conservative game plan. I mean, I just think that that's, that's loser mentality. And, you know, when you're elected to be president or if you're the head coach of a basketball team, I'm not trying to compare the two jobs, but what I'm saying is that you need to, I mean, there is a reason why you have that job. There are certain skills that you possess or certain strengths that you have that if you're not using them to the best of your ability because you're trying to make everybody else happy, mm-hmm. you're not getting things done. And to me, you know, Barack Obama came in with a set of things that he promised this country he was going to do. And to try to be bipartisan is stupid because nobody in this country is bipartisan. I mean, all these politicians always talk about bipartisan. Not happening. Most people are so loyal to their political parties that they can't think on the other side. And they're so far to one side or the other that nobody meets in the middle ground. The middle ground is code for nothing is going to get done. When you try to be in the middle in politics, nothing gets done because the, you're not going to you're not going to please everybody. The you counter argument to that is that that's the only way but you're going to get things done. The reality of the vote: if you go too strong one way, the other side's not going to give you enough votes. So there is the counter argument that no, you're wrong, and the only way to get things done, even though it's not everything you wanted, is to compromise here, compromise there, and at least right, accomplish but, something. But what I'm saying is people don't compromise. Not, I mean, in our government... Oh, yeah, they do. They do, but... They compromise too much. Well, well, but they don't... I don't think compromise happens nearly enough in terms of a lot of policies, because a lot of people on one side or the other, in terms of, the, you know, Democrat or Republican, are so loyal to their own particular parties... Yeah that they often won't see something being good for everybody because they have they feel like they have to be loyal to their party because if they're not then they lose their support. Uh, let me throw out an interesting quandary to you. It has to do with you saying uh, originally that hey, you were elected, people are depending on you, you've got to go with your thoughts, your opinions, you have the expertise, etc. Interesting quandary. Let's just uh, let's take it to a local representative in a, a congressional district, a smaller area. Okay? They elect you in part because of your charisma, your expertise, your knowledge, whatever. Let's say something comes up in a national vote and you have to put your vote in as a House of Representatives. Could be state, could be national. Let's say the majority of the people in your district feel one way. Okay? The majority feels one way. However, you, as the elected official, feel very strongly in your knowledge and your opinion and what you know in the past that no, the other way is correct. Do you owe it to the voters to vote the way the majority of your district, or do the voters in part elect you because of your expertise and you should go with what you truly think is right? That's a tough one, I think. It is tough. I mean, it's it's kind of a no-win situation because if you go at the party and you don't believe in what you're you're voting for, that's not good. But you're representing your but you're, clientele. You are, you are representing your clientele, but you're not representing yourself. Mm-hmm. And then on the other way, if you represent yourself and not your clientele, are you then, you know, are you are you spurning them? I mean, to be honest with you, it's hard for me to answer that because I've never been an official and I don't know what it would be like and I don't understand that pressure. But, you know, as an outsider, just thinking about the situation, hypothetically speaking, mm-hmm. I, I mean – I know that my personality is the type to please, but I, I sort of feel like that I would not 
you know, if, if, if I felt something strongly about something that people disagreed with me about, I, I, I might have to go my way mm-hmm. and say, listen, you know what? I'm sorry that you don't agree, but you elected me to do this job, and this is what I have to vote for. Ladies and gentlemen, future House of Representatives candidate Jordan Burnfield oh, joining us in today's no. FaceTheTalkZone.com here. Yeah. You would, with your vernacular, your looks, once you decide to shave for our webcasting, yeah, folks, spruce yourself up a little I bit. I need to shave, definitely. You know, we get a makeup person in here. There's no question. With your vernacular, your knowledge, your wisdom a little bit, your background, don't kid yourself. You could have a future in politics. Yeah, but I don't want it. I mean, to me, the reason why I like being in sports and, and covering sports and talking sports is because when you get into political conversations, people get angry. People disagree. They they get really angry. They get really charged up because they're, they're issues that are vitally important to society. When we debate... You know, Kentucky losing a game and whether they're the best team or not. The Hawks and the Oilers are not affecting them. It's not a big deal. And to me, you know, when people get into heated sports arguments, the the bottom line is we're never really angry. We're just Mm -hmm. passionate about our point. When people get very heated in a political argument, they're angry. I mean, there's, that's the difference. That, you know, if you think one thing about a particular team and I think another thing and we start yelling at each other in some argument, we know that in the back of our minds we're not really yelling at each other. We're just mm-hmm. passionate about our point in a particular sports argument. And but either. if you feel, you know, Barack Obama's this and I feel he's that and we disagree, we're going to get angry at each other. And that's why I don't always love... You know, I would never want to be one of those political talking heads because I always am afraid to give my political opinions because I'm afraid that I'm going to piss somebody off. That's yeah. just, you know, People that's are how too I sensitive. You know, yeah. talk politics, don't take it personal. Yeah. All right, if you want to uh, email us and uh, talk Jordan out of it, uh, you can just uh, maybe text in, uh, you know, Jordan, please run. Okay. At Mike2Guys at AOL.com. Run on a donkey or run on an elephant? Now, either way. Either way. Uh, Now, when we come back, we've mentioned, as Sports Guys Talk Politics sadly comes to an end, State of the Union tonight, take a break from our sports watching and watch our guy, Barack Obama, and see what he has to say to the country. And, of course, the Republicans will make their rebuttal, if you will. When we come back, though, the debut today, I think, of the tablet, Apple's tablet, it's going to affect, among other things, sports viewing and sports reading. Let's take a look into the future and technology and how the uh, tablet can affect our sports. When we come back, TalkZone.com, the coach, JB.
time to get back to Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn. Yeah, we do welcome you back. TalkZone.com. It's our final segment. One hour flies by, JB. Time flies when you're having fun. TalkZone.com. Two guys at a mic, Jordan Burnfield. Nice enough to join us today. Uh, I don't know if it's official, at least the rumor was, that Apple was going to make its announcement the much anticipated, at least by some, actually not by me, but by some, the tablet. We'll debut today real quick uh, a little bit of the expectations of who and or what the tablet might be. Well, I was doing some research, ironically, on this yesterday, and wow. uh, Steve Jobs was quoted as saying something to the effect of, this is the important, the most important thing that I've ever done in my career. That's and that if pretty big statement. And that he, he was saying, you know, that if they remember me for, no, for nothing else, that he wants to be remembered for this tablet. So that's a big statement enough to make you think that this could be some really great invention. Mm-hmm. I don't totally understand it, to be honest. And I was looking at a picture of it. And what it appears to be is sort of like a flat touchscreen computer that is portable, but so is a laptop. But this is sort of like a flat thing that I guess can play movies and act as like a Kindle and, and, and you know, allow you to read, you know, your news and sports and access the Internet and, you know, to play music and, and sort TV? of... TV? I... I I think that there might be some way of doing TV. I don't understand how it's different. Uh-huh. I guess what I don't, what I couldn't totally figure out is how it's different from a laptop or how it's different from like a portable TV. I feel like it's sort of like an all-in-one device type of thing. I don't understand what its, its, its marked difference is from these other inventions. Mm-hmm. But I would imagine Stephen Jobs at whatever time. That uh, press conference is, he might explain today. that to you. Right. I mean, I, I would be, I'm certainly interested to hear mm-hmm. the, the explanation for how exactly it works and what exactly it's going to do. But from the articles that I've read, which are based on, you know, source information, but somewhat speculative in certain ways, because we mm-hmm. haven't heard yet the announcement from Steve Jobs, it seems like it's another one of these cool-looking Apple devices that is going to be very popular because of its it's it's got you know if nothing else even if Apple sells you something that's not a great device it looks cool and it seems cool and it's very sleek looking and Apple is very good at marketing and packaging its product so that it looks like something that you need to have now i personally don't know why i would need one of these devices based on what I think it is, mm-hmm. but I would think it looks like a pretty cool thing. It does definitely look like a cool Never. little device. Jordan said that today. We'll have that on tape, David, three months from now when Jordan walks into the Apple store and puts down his, what are we going to be, say 500 bucks yeah, initially? I, I, well, what they're I'm saying, just taking a guess. What they're saying, at least from the article I read yesterday, was that it could be somewhere between... Five ninety nine and like a thousand dollars, which per per tablet over the course of the year will come down drastically, and then it will level off. Well, it's but, like when the iPhone came out, it right. was six hundred bucks, and yeah. now you can get an iPhone for like two hundred bucks. Right. I mean, it's just how it's how it works. But mm-hmm. you know, I my dad is one of these fanatic Apple people that thinks that Steve Jobs is God, and that you know everything that he creates is is must have material, and he's brainwashed 
by Apple. I mean, it's really, it's unbelievable. <laughs> so I t- we'll tell you, those Apple stores. He's brainwashed. You walk into those Apple stores, there there is a certain um, hypnotical experience it, that you go is, through. He is brainwashed. It's yeah. like that scene in Zoolander where they play the relaxed music and Derek all of a sudden <laughs> wants to kill the prime minister of Malaysia. And like the circles are going around in the, in the whites of his eyes. That's your dad. That's him when he walks into the Apple store. <laughs> and so he, he has transformed my house with every computer is an Apple you know, every, yeah, he, Coach is, is holding an Apple for those of you watching the webcast. But, you know, all of our computer products are Apple. And I have an iPhone. He has an iPhone because he wanted to get me the iPhone. And and I, I think that Apple has great products. They do have good computers. You know, uh, I have an Apple right. computer. But the thing is, you know, it's it's sort of one of these things where, like, these, these people who are going to be, Sitting outside the Apple store at two o'clock in the morning, the day that it comes out, so that yeah. they can be in line to get on. It just—they're not all as great as you might think. And I'm not—and I'm not ripping Apple. I think that they have great products. I, mm-hmm. I like my iPhone. I like my computer. I like the things I have. They're nice products. But it's one of those things where if it's me, I would never be the guy at the door to get the the thing on the first day. I'd wait till it comes down. I would go research it. I'd go. The one great thing about the Apple Store too is you can play with the, the things when you're at the store. I would try it out and try mm-hmm. everything before I'd even consider buying something like that. I don't know all the technology of it, but my gut feeling, my strong gut feeling, is that it's going to have a significant effect on our lifestyle. And then, of course, there's going to be things similar to the tablet that's going to come out. It's just another further advancement of technology, and I kind of want to relate it. Uh, I kind of wanted to relate it to uh, sports and how we're going to be viewing sports or reading about sports. And I think uh, from what I've heard, the tablet and the Kindle, things like that, are going to start to replace the newspaper. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, maybe in my generation, but I would think my kids won't be sitting down with a newspaper, but instead they'll be sitting down with a... A candle or a tablet. Well, but Stephen here's the, Jobs has it that way. But here's the thing, Coach, and, and, and you're right, because you look at today's Chicago Tribune. And I love the Tribune. I read this this Tribune sports page every day. I, right. I've always read it. But I read it online most of the time. I don't read the, the actual paper version. But one of the reasons for that is if you look at today's paper version, they have a picture of the Bulls game from two nights ago. Mm-hmm. And the Blackhawks, who played last night, it says at the bottom here, the game ended too late for this edition. For the result, go to chicagotribune.com slash sports. I mean, that's why newspapers are going to be gone. Because in a 24-hour news cycle, in an, in an immediate society, which is what we live in, mm-hmm. this is not acceptable. You can't have a newspaper that has two days ago's news when I know what the day's You're, news you, is. You are else. right. In theory, in practice, especially for the veterans like myself, it is a deeply ingrained habit. Going out in my shorts and T-shirt with my little slippers in the freezing cold to get my newspaper, coming in with the hot coffee, sitting in my dad's chair and reading... The newspaper. So there is that tradition, but I but fully I think, understand right. what you are saying. I think what you're saying I fully understand as well. Yeah. But I think that the generation that's that's growing up now yep. doesn't do that. They I mean, won't, listen, they won't be going outside in their boxer shorts no, with because, slippers in the cold weather? No. Hoping that their neighbors aren't watching? Well, that, they, know, they might be doing that. Patrick Kane and uh, Christopher Stieg and John Madden were apparently doing that. Did you see these pictures of them? <laughs> no. Well, there there are pictures now floating through the internet of them in Vancouver. It was Kane Versteeg and John Madden, and I couldn't see if there was anybody else shirtless uh-huh. in a limousine with women drinking. And I mean, nothing. Oh boy. Nothing. Listen, they weren't. Patrick breaking. Kane needs to stay out of vehicles. I think. Yeah. I mean, listen, if they they weren't driving, so they weren't breaking the law. We don't think. 
It's just probably you don't want to get caught. There was also a picture of Kane in his boxer shorts. Oh, boy. So, in, the, mean, in the car. In the car. So, I mean, you don't want to be... He may have a baby face, but he is a, uh, he's got a wild streak, then. He's definitely got a wild streak. I mean, listen, though, if you're... I mean, I'm not defending him, because there's really... I, what I will say is that if, if they didn't break the law, they didn't do just, anything wrong. They're allowed to go out and party. But the thing is, if you're a 21-year-old kid that's had everything come to you, you've had this fantastic hockey career that has brought you success since you were young... And he's going to get a big head about that. You're going to be constantly being told how great you are. Yeah. You're the number one pick in the draft. You're this superstar NHL player, and you're a good-looking kid. I mean, that there's a lot of reasons to be cocky well, and wild. There are. I'm not, I'm not defending but him getting caught in pictures like this. But someone needs to talk to him. Someone needs to talk to him. Patrick, you need, you know, enjoy the good life. Hopefully he's not getting a uh, drinky-drinky problem. That can happen. I hope that's not happening. But I don't care how old he is, 19, 20, or 21, he needs to be told you can't be caught. In a car with someone taking a picture in your boxer shorts with no shirt on and women in the car, let alone beating up a taxi cab driver. So right. you got to understand the responsibilities that you have, and I understand. And and going back to your topic about how these Kindles and, and tablets and all these things may be replacing the newspaper, the newspaper is not going to have those pictures. Yep. The Internet is where those pictures are. Yep. The, the thing about today's athlete or today's celebrity, which isn't fair, but it's the it's the – Reality is that with Facebook and Twitter and all these different sources of information on the Internet constantly updating, you can't – you cannot even go out and have fun like they were. And what they were doing is likely – there's nothing even wrong with what they were doing. They're allowed to go out and drink and party if they want to. Mm-hmm. But – you're setting yourself up for somebody with a cell phone camera taking these pictures, yep. putting them on the Internet, yep. putting them on Facebook. I mean, it's almost like if I'm Patrick Kane now, I have to know everybody I'm going out with because even if I know those people, mm-hmm. they have a Facebook account. If they upload their photos like many people do, they upload their, their general photos to show people, and Patrick gets labeled in all these pictures, even if he's not breaking the law or doing anything that's that's not you know morally acceptable – it's it's stuff that gets out there that now the Blackhawks are going to have to defend him for, and it's stuff that makes him look bad. It makes the organization look bad. My point is is that these things, all these technologies, are moving in the direction of this newspaper that I'm holding in my hand right now is no longer a needed a needed part of society. I mean, it's yep. not. I love the writers. I think they all do a great job. I think there is an is an inherent value to the newspaper because there's so many articles and information. You know, coming out every day that I want to read, but I don't need to read it on paper. I can read it on the internet, and that's where I do read it every day. You are uh, speaking. You are the voice of reason here on the TalkZone.com. You make good points. Let me, uh, and again, going along with the theme, State of the Union today and the debut. We think, anyway, Stephen Jobs press conference of the much anticipated tablet. How long will it be? And I think I'm going to probably answer my own question and guess that pretty soon, where you're going to be able to bring this device around, and we will be able to watch. TV on the go. But we can already. That's the thing. We can already. Limited. Well, well, not limited because if you have, well, limited to the technology, but Slingbox is a technology yeah. where that if you have it on your phone, I mean, you can get it on your iPhone or you're on your BlackBerry or whatever, or you have a laptop computer that has the internet, I can watch my TV anywhere I am. I mean, when I was, when I'm at uh, UIC doing basketball games there, mm-hmm. if I, 
need, you know, if I was going to turn on, you know, if I want to see what's going on in the Blackhawk game and they're on at the same time as we are, a lot of times I'll turn on my sling box and put it on mute so that while I'm on the air, I can quickly flip over to the Blackhawks I'll game, see, you. see what the score is, and then report as it's coming onto my screen over the air. You actually have a sling box. I have a sling box. Wow. It's a, actually a fantastic thing. I, I, don't I don't even know. What does it look like? I don't get paid by them, but I'll tell you what it is really quickly. It's that it's it's a device that you attach to your cable box. Or to your 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 cable source, and it's like uh, I don't know, probably two feet wide and and like four inches thick, and it's and it connects to your internet source in your house, and it connects to your cable box, and it doesn't even connect to your TV necessarily, and what it is is it remotely allows you to access your TV, your home TV, from anywhere in the world, mm-hmm. assuming you have the internet. So it's like I can watch my DVR. I can watch my TV. Anything that goes through that box, I can do. And so, you know, you can watch it on your phone. So my point is is with this tablet and with, you know, I don't know how it is going to be different. That's what I'm curious to see because you can watch TV anywhere currently, even though yeah, it's limited. Yeah, it's not, but it's not commonplace. And I think in I the think, very near future, it might be tablet. Enough. It might be something else. Right. It's going to be much more common where, you know, there's a boring lecture in a classroom or you're – you know, at a teacher conference, you're sitting in the stands of a basket. You see people on their iPhones now? Yeah. I think people will be watching television. And I don't know if that's a good thing, but I think it's going to be a lot more common, portable right, it makes viewing it more, of TV. And yeah. again, sporting events, it has some benefits because now you don't have to be home. Right. The the thing about it is, at least, I mean, maybe this is a totally close-sided view, but as a sportscaster, if I had something that, I mean, I, I technically do, but if, if the tablet is something that if I'm in, you know, I'm at a baseball park that has very limited internet access and i'm going to update scores you know from a game and i have this tablet thing that may be able to show me television on it that might be helpful to me being able to up, be updated i feel like it's just another movement towards people constantly being able to be updated yeah. on everything going on although what i what i don't know and, and I, what i would love to to know is that because you know tv is now digital and the you know the the airwaves have been bought out by the government and we and TV no longer has access to them. It, it has to be clearly either through a cell tower or through the internet that you'd be able to watch this. I don't know how else you'd be able to do it. I mean, unless they're creating some new technology that's some like wireless mm-hmm. system where you can watch it, right? I, I mean, I, I can't give you the technology technological answer, but I can tell you strong gut feeling that it's going to be there. It's going to be very commonplace as technology further increases and be it a good thing be it a bad thing probably a little bit of both it's going to you imagine people all... at cubs games like they're bored by the team losing yeah. by eight runs and Catch they reruns got people of seinfeld their... or something yeah people are watching the tablet yeah. in the stands yeah you're laughing but that will happen yeah that will happen you'll have section 20 uh you know 35 people going around watching uh you know the highlights of larry david instead of the cubs game if they're down 10 to 1 swinging a foul ball towards the seats and oh somebody's tablet smashed all over the place oh no <laughs> All right, 888-463-6748. We've gotten off the sports page a little bit today on a midweek Wednesday. You can email us always at Mike2Guys, M-I-C number two, guys at AOL.com. And don't forget to visit our fan page. It's a little confusing because it's not Mike2Guys, but it's two guys Mike. And you can join our fan page there, Facebook page, make comments, join the uh, or put some comments on the guest book. We'd love to hear from you. Jordan Burfield, great to have you in studio today. We range from uh, the number one team in the country getting knocked off 
to a very solid discussion of toilets and the future of toilets in honor of Thomas De La Crapper, who passed away 100 years ago. <laughs> and then uh, we looked ahead to we the did. tablet and modern journalism and uh, and the State of the Union address. Not bad for 57 minutes. We really hit the entire gamut of topics, past, present, future. We covered it all. Not I'm not sure, we, I'm not sure we hit it well, but we did hit it. Well, we definitely didn't hit it well, but we hit <laughs> something. Yeah. The blabbering that we did for the last... 57 minutes could be called semi-productive. In baseball terms, we were up to bat. The pitcher threw like a curveball, sinker, changeup, splitter, and a fastball. We fouled every pitch off. I was going to say it was more like a Matt Merton weak grounder to short. We we, we made some contact, like, but very little. I like Matt Merton for certain. All right, we got to sign out of here tomorrow. Brian Bauer will be in the house. TalkZone.com. Two guys that are Mike. David Olson, our producer. Phenomenal job. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow at 10. Don't be late.